Welcome to Vermont Artists and Authors, where we interview great storytellers and artists from the amazing Green Mountain State. This is episode 39. I'm your host, Barney Smith of StoryComic.com, and we're excited to have back with us the internationally acclaimed and highly talented children's book author and graphic designer, Mark Gagne. But you know what? So you've been busy over the past few years. You have been surprisingly busy in finding things to do. And yeah. and I know we'll we'll talk about it for for the audio podcast listeners on there. We we will be showing we will we'll, for our show notes, we'll send a link to your website and some of your links to some of your your wood carvings that you've done, your laser cuttings and some of the games that you've designed already over the past few years. Do you want to kind of talk people briefly on what you've been up to the last few years? Yeah, um, mostly I got my hands in a lot of different areas right now. But uh, for the last few years, I've really been focusing on the on the board game space. Mm. Um, so I've been designing games and producing games. One of the reasons I got a laser cutter um, and that game right there, Tapa, is they're cutting uh, prototype boards right now. I'm working with a guy in Michigan that's going to be doing like all wood versions of the game. Like he's making mm. the boards. He's going to be able to print the box and the pieces. The only thing we're going to be buying the checkers that are part of the game, but that's just convenience, you know? Um, so that's what I've really been doing. Like I've been Tapa is, was the first game. Second game is called galaxy. Well, galaxy. Well, gravity. Well, Galaxy okay. Well, Galaxy Well is a pretty good name too. Write <laughs> oh, that down. There you go. Yeah. So a lot of play testing and a lot of design and a lot of cutting and a lot of doing everything again and again, uh, and a lot of rules updates and that kind of a thing. Um, but I love the idea of kind of these miniature strategic games, like right because because just of the way you have to choose to move. And what happens when you do make that decision, it kind of changes the game and it becomes something else. And it's really, for Tapa especially, like it's for such a small game and such a few, for having so many few options to do, mm. there's a lot of strategy that you can play because it's it's kind of like a physical uh, rock, paper, scissors type game. So every move, as a positive and negative against what, depending on what your opponent does. So it's, it's really interesting to me. Um, and that's gonna be, we're probably about a month away from like a limited production run on that. Are, are you doing that as a, are you doing top as a, as a Kickstarter? I, I don't know yet. I'm not, I'm not sure yet. I'm, I, I know what my next Kickstarter is going to be uh, is a uh, postcard book. Because I've okay. been doing a lot of postcards. I kind of moved away from posters because everyone has limited wall space to put things up. So I started doing postcards. And those have been relatively successful. I've been doing one or two of those a year for a while. And I'm taking one of the more successful ones was called Minimal Motivation. So I'm taking mm -hmm. all of those and creating a postcard booklet out of it where each it's all cardstock and it's perforated so you can fold the card and use it as you oh, cool pull out of the book and things like that. So uh, that's that's going to have 24 postcards in it. So I'm really happy about that. And that's very much, it's very much my kind of sense of humor where it's kind of like, 
I want to be encouraging, but I'm also very sarcastic. So <laughs> it's like, good job, sort of. Uh, so that'll be that'll be interesting. Hopefully that does well. <laughs> so talk to us a little bit about some of the other games that you've been making as well. Because what now I remember when you were on a couple of years ago, you're talking about that mission to planet hex yep. was in production. Like you were yes. working on that. That was that's completely done. The guy that made the game is doing the convention circuit and play playing in large groups. Um, and I think it's doing fairly well. Like, I don't know his sales numbers or anything like that, but I, th I think it's, he actually, they just came out with the expansion deck to this. So it must be doing all right. Oh, wow. Um, okay. Which is another, I think 50 or 60 cards on top of the like 150 you get with the deck. Um, did you design those other for the expansion as well? Yes. Yep. I did the, all the artwork for this and I did all the artwork for the expansion. And I, you know, the expansion, this one's called Mission to Planet Hex. The expansion is called Beyond Mission to Planet Hex. And I think he's working on a third, uh, a second expansion, um, but I'm not sure what that's called. And I haven't started the artwork for that yet. So that'll be this year at some point. But yeah, that was, that was a great, project like that and i think i've mentioned this before like it's a it's one of the five bucket list projects i've always wanted to do like just come just do the entire visual identity for a board game kind right. of thing so that was that was one um my own children's book was one so i've done that uh my own this is a good segue my own comic cover for a mainstream comic company that was on the bucket list and that happened in the last year uh, which was really interesting because that's 27 years after i graduated from the kubert school and i've done my own comics and i've done my own covers but i've never done a mainstream cover for any of the big you know let's say four or five companies so yeah, so we we have so you did so talk to us for for our audio listeners, describe the comic book cover you did and what was the comic book cover for? The comic book cover was for issue three of a book called Quick Stops from Dark Horse Comics, written by Kevin Smith, <laughs> and that came about because and I vaguely remember this like a year ago. I follow Kevin Smith on Twitter. And I vaguely remember him putting out a tweet that was like, hey, we're doing this series. If you think your style is something applicable to this kind of storytelling, drop a link, some samples, and we'll take a look at it. And I almost never do that kind of thing because, you know, a thousand people do it and no, and nothing ever gets, nobody ever responds to any of it. You know, it's just... But this one, I was like, okay, it's Kevin Smith, it's Dark Horse. It would be really super cool if it happened. And even if it didn't happen, it'd be nice if Kevin Smith or Dark Horse just saw the kind of work that I do. So I, I dropped a link and literally like eight months later, uh, <laughs> like uh, I never talked to Kevin Smith directly, but someone working with Kevin, uh, Spencer, uh, contacted me on Twitter. He was like, "Hey, I'm working with for this with this Dark Horse project and Kevin Smith. We think 
you'd be your artwork would be great for a cover. Are you interested? The catch is we need it in a month. <laughs> and I was like, okay. Uh, so, and I sent an email back to him. I was like, well, okay. He let me know what they were thinking for the cover. They were like, the book is issue three is about Elias, one of the char new characters introduced in Clerks Two. So we'd like okay. the cover to be kind of a recap of his story and his arc from Clerks Two, just to kind of as a refresher course for everyone. And I was like, right. all right, well, let me let me rewatch Clerks Two, and then I'll I'll sit there with a uh, sketch pad and I'll jot some stuff down. And if I think I can do it in a month, I'll let you know first thing tomorrow. So that night I bought, I own clerks one, but I don't, I didn't own clerks two. So I bought clerks two on Amazon. I watched it twice. I kind of like paused, sketched a little bit, rewound, played again. I ended up watching that, the movie twice that evening. <laughs> And I basically, you see in that first image that all the thumbnail sketches I did that the first night. And I was like, okay, that I can get this done in a month. That with this, this worked well enough that I, I can definitely turn this into a finished piece of artwork in a hundred and something hours. <laughs> so got back to him and, and I'd sent them. So I, I scanned that, sent them the, the thumbnails and they're like, yeah, that looks great. Let's do it. I'm like, okay, great. So then three weeks, you know, and I had sent them updates every week. Um, I sent them an update of what I had done that week. And it was usually, a, you know, about a third of the book poster was done. Right. Um, and I knew they had sent me the mock-up of the cover so I knew I was only going to have that square area to work with, but I wanted to do a full nine by 12 story poster that I've okay. normally done because I knew I wanted to be able to edit out panels that maybe didn't work or weren't necessary for the, for the really quick retelling of the story. Um, so they were really happy with it. And I ended up being the, they they approached me as being the alternate cover and it ended up being the normal cover. I don't know. Oh, I'm not wow. Sure. Yeah. Okay. So this huh. is the one that like, if stores ordered the book, this is the one, this is the cover they got. And then they got a more of the alternate cover. And I, I wish I should have prepared. I forget he's, he's on Twitter as well, but the, the artwork for the alternate cover is pretty is pretty spectacular. I'm kind of amazed they went with mine and not the the other one because <laughs> it's pretty incredible. Do you own that nine by twelve, or did you have to give? Did you have to hand over um, that image to say that that belongs to them, or does that image belong to you? Well, I mean, I have the piece of paper with the pencil sketches on it. I do own right. that. They own the artwork they own the okay. finished digital artwork okay. um and i imagine i could probably sell the sketch if i wanted to somewhere down the road but i don't think i ever would right. um so yeah like i can't make posters of the the oh, finished you can't. no no okay no. no so what were some so as you say you got the year nine by 12 but then you got the square so you're yep. you're looking at so you had to edit out. Yep. So how did you choose or did they choose which images were taken out? 
No, no. Um, basically, if you look, like you can see in that sort of bottom third, there's a lot of the blue images right. and a lot of the yeah. close-ups. A lot of those yeah. were taken out. And I only had to take out, even the 9 by 12 is only 108 panels, I think, somewhere around there. Um, so I didn't have to take out that many panels. I only had to take out eight. Um, and okay. I could take out probably five or six just from that row alone. Um, right. And then it was just mostly that was what the decision was. It was like, because they're silent posters, I tend to add a lot of close-ups to get expression and reaction. There's a lot of like action reaction shots. So sometimes I'll uh, I delete the close up or delete the or combine an action reaction in one panel kind of a thing um the, my favorite and it's tough to see because i don't to without zooming in but um i love actually the very last panel where it's both of them back in the quickie mart and then the right. the, the film fades to black and white right. and i thought that was just as great in the movie and also works really well as a bookend as, as a print yeah. yeah yeah it's so interesting to me how the same like if you retell the same story in different media how the experience is different as well like watching something visually like a movie or a television show is a completely different form of getting a story than a comic where you're flipping, right. even if you're flipping pages. And then even the poster, a narrative poster is different from a comic where, because you're not flipping, but you're kind of eyeballing each panel on its own. And there's then the, how do you slow down the action within a stagnant format? How did you also decide what your color palette was gonna be in between all the other images? Right. And that that is for me, that was dictated by the brands in the movie, like the, the right. purple and yellow is there's there's a restaurant, a fast food restaurant in the movie called Movies. And the, the brand colors of that uh, restaurant are purple and yellow or purple and gold. Um, and so that was originally I wanted it to be all very monochromatic or dual chromatic of purple, gold, and like shades of those colors. Um, and if I had had more time, I might have been able to knock this image back to those, to that original concept. But in the it, because of time, um, you, sometimes you just have to go with the, the, not the most expedient, but the most direct route. Um, right. And that was making it as uh close to the movie as i could right visually you know so and that's so that's and there's this and that's dictated like that whole blue section in the middle is there's a party that happens in the and later in the movie where um all the lighting is like blue spotlight kind of kind of stuff and that really actually lends itself very well to a print medium visually to that's one of the things i like to do in these story posters is every so often change the color palette if it's a full color piece. Kind of right. And, and also too, as you mentioned, is that 
when you separated this out, because you said you watched the movie twice, so looking at a part in your graphic design hat on this piece here, and almost did you basically kind of storyboard it into 108 images and then from there kind of decide what you were going to put in? Yeah, exactly. Um, basically, you had to, for me, I wanted to decide what the poignant bits of each scene were. Um, right. One thing about Kevin Smith movies is they're funny, but they're also a lot of talking. Um, mm. So I, I almost had to rely on the more slapstick aspects of the film to say, oh, okay, well, that's that person slips and falls at that moment. So I'm going to include that because that's action. That I, I, this, this poster could have been 100 panels of heads talking back and forth with different, <laughs> you know, close up, medium shot, long shot, close up, you know, because that's his, his, his banter in the movies are, is really quick. Uh, but there are so also these moments of physical humor that I, that I really had to kind of focus on. And there's long stretches of conversation that in the movie that might be just two panels in the poster, but then there's a 30 second slapstick or action type scene that ends up being eight panels in the poster, even though it's much less screen time. <coughs> which, I, which I found really interesting. Right. Because I know you've done, I'm, I'm, I'm really curious about this because you've done in the past, you've done, and you've been really good at saying, "Hey, I watched this movie, so I may, I'm making a movie, my my version of a movie poster yeah. about." That's a lot of the story posters are that, <laughs> right? Well, no, a lot. Ten percent of them are that, and and some of your story posters. Have you ever thought about? Have you ever thought about doing that same thing? What you did for for clerks too and doing something along those lines for other movies other stronger ips yeah absolutely um that it's tough because that does get into copyright and trademark and things like that i have done um i was going to turn alice in wonderland through the looking glass into mm. an illustrated story at one point and i got chapter one done I think there's 12 chapters in the whole book, but even oh, okay. chapter one took me like three months to do. So I was like, okay, this will be long-term project. So it's, I, I much prefer doing my own work and my own original concepts. Um, only because you, you kind of avoid the landmines at doing that. Uh, I just thought of earlier today, I just had a concept that I know I'm definitely going to make a poster out of. And it's a follow-up. There's a poster, one of my very first, one of the first five posters I did is one was one called Pizza Man. <laughs> and it's basically autobiographical, uh, me delivering pizza kind of a poster. Uh, I just thought then, then one of, one of the one of the board games that I that I want to create coming up is um, Apocalypse Shop, where it's basically I've been playing a lot of Fallout seventy six, 
one of the game <laughs> aspects of that. Trust me on this. I'm going somewhere. Uh, <laughs> one of the game mechanics in that in that video game is you have a vendor and you get you go out and you find materials and you scrap them and you break them down into their component parts and you can sell those component parts in your vendor quote unquote for other players to buy to make their own things i love that concept i did i completely want to make a board game called apocalypse shop where you're a shopkeeper in the apocalypse and your job is to just keep the shelves stocked <laughs> in the apocalypse. So you go out and you gotta scrap together what you can get to sell. And then that brought me to, do they still deliver pizza in the apocalypse? <laughs> so, <laughs> I wanna do a follow-up of the Pizza Man poster called Pizza Apocalypse or a pizza, well, yeah, Pizza Apocalypse would be good. Yeah. Uh, where you're a pizza delivery guy in the apocalypse. And it would be this epic, like, one delivery story, you know, where he has to go, like, halfway across the continent to deliver a pizza, fighting all, you know, zombies and all these things. So I just think that would just be such, to me, I, I that's so absurd that I find that very amusing. So here, I got, I got the, I got the thing for you now, okay? Yeah. Is that... If it's not delivered in under right. thirty days, under thirty days, and it's free, see? right, right, <laughs> yeah. Well, it was the ending was either going to be that, or okay, but I ordered a soda too. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know, then it's going to go back in the soda. <laughs> so that's definitely that. I like that idea enough. It's every once in a while you have an idea and you're like, okay, that that is definitely going to happen. Right. You know, usually it's 20 ideas and one happens. Sometimes it's one for one. So if, if people want to go to markgagne.com, check it out. Under your graphic designs, are these the things that we're looking at, like your book covers and promotional posters? Are these works that you were – jobs that you actually were given or this was just side things that you're putting together? Nope. Those are all paid uh, things that were – professional graphic design jobs, gigs, wow, yeah, okay. for sure. That's probably 90% paid work. And then there's some that I just did that I thought I liked at the time. I almost never go out looking for work. It's usually somebody sees my Twitter or they see my website <coughs> or they see, uh, actually a lot of it has come from Kickstarters too. A lot of people, that's actually where the Planet Hex game came from. He saw something I posted on my Twitter about a Kickstarter and contacted me because he liked the style and he thought it was appropriate for uh, for the game. Right. Uh, and that's, I haven't gone out. I haven't like cold called any businesses almost ever since I've been on my own. Yeah. Which is extremely fortunate. That's great. One of the things that you were working on also over the last couple of years was your laser cutting. You have been posting things left and right on, yeah. on on Twitter about some of your laser cutting. How did you get into something? Is, is this the natural progression of doing your style of art to like make it three-dimensional? Because some people would buy a 3D printer. You naturally, by your art style, seems to fit better with laser cutting. Is that true? 
I did a lot of research. I, I researched laser cutters for about three years before I bought one. And then I researched the differences between a lot of the things that I could do, could sort of do the same thing. Cause yeah, the 3D printers create the 3D dimensions, but laser cutter with a little help can create three dimensions. Um, there's a CNC machines, which do a lot of what a laser cutter can do, but it's a, a different, it uses a drill bit instead of a laser. Hmm. I did a ton of research on it. And for me, it just felt like the laser cutter was most applicable to my basic sense of design right. in that. And also because the one, the laser I got was the Glowforge and they're one of their sales uh, bits was it's Adobe Illustrator compatible, which oh, okay. for me was huge because that's the program I use 95% of the time. So for me to be able to create a design in Illustrator, export it as a file that I can then import directly into the Glowforge to cut. I mean, I, it's, it, that's, that's a no, but that was once that decision was made, it was like, okay. And it has been, and it's been great. I've had the laser for two years and other than a hiccup here and there, it's been, it's been super, super flawless. So. When you do it, so this is mostly you'd have to use like it's all wood cutting though, right? This isn't anything Correct. you could use for. Okay. Well, yeah, no, I, I'm trying to think of how. I mean, you could do this. So it's one of the things I'm doing now is because I turned my Etsy shop into all print on demand uh, mm. a few months ago. I'm now in the process of converting my studio, which was mostly poster storage into a mini wood shop. So I could do this kind of thing with like a jigsaw or a bandsaw and a, you know, maybe a drill press and a belt sander. You know, you can't, I could do it larger scale kind of a thing, um, mm. which is what, something I'd like to experiment with and right. do actual like bigger pieces kind of a thing. Where I could so do, I could, I could make larger things on the, um on the laser cutter but i have a limit thickness that i can cut which is about okay. a quarter inch so talk to us about your etsy shop as well so yeah. you said you do things print on demand what would be your advice how did you research this what were some of the what were some of the advice you would give people that want to start their own etsy shop on that and how is print on demand working for you right um my Number one criteria for print on demand was print quality far enough. Right. Like I was willing to price things a bit higher for a better quality print. And I do, I go through printful one because the samples that I ordered were incorrect. Like print quality is, is off the chart and it integrated really easily with Etsy. It's not, it's not, seamless but it is pretty quick to from uploading an image to printful and then synchronizing it with the etsy shop to have it for sale you know a really nice a really nice poster and it's been it's been great in general it's hard to say because i shut my shop down for about eight months um while i was doing research and okay and 
do, you know, re getting posters together and images set. The, that was the other thing I had to kind of reformat everything for Printful. So I had, I think I have 136 posters on Etsy now. So that was a good few weeks of work to just make everything compatible with, with Printful. Oh, so what, what did you have, what did you have to do to, to do that then? Um, the images, well, one, I wanted a lot of the images, uh, when I do my own printing are not bleed full bleed. So okay. I'll have like a quarter or a half inch border around them. So I'd have to reformat that. And more often than not, I could just blow the image up, but for real quality, you'd want to go back to the original digital and then re-import that into a Photoshop full bleed and then re-export that out as a file for Printful. And Printful takes PNG files, um, which is not what I would ever, usually I'm sending PDFs to printers, right. um, but I forget if Printful takes PDFs, but I've always, uh, I've been sending Printful PNGs. So that was a, another redoing of all of that. But you would have to initially have that as a vector image anyway, correct? Correct. Correct. Yeah. Uh, ninety. Yeah, ninety-eight percent of the time. Yeah. Some, some of them uh, have been lost. <laughs> have been lost to crashes and things like that. So uh, right. there was a couple that I actually recreated. Uh, to because you you never you bet you said you stuck basically to Illustrator, which is a vector based. Yep. Yep. vector-based program but you've never you never dabbled in photoshop at all though right you only stayed with illustrator uh well a little bit on like something like this where and you can see like there's a, like a lot of texture to that background right. that would be something i would create the basic flat color in illustrator import that into its own photoshop file and okay. then lay down a texture on that for sure yep yeah. So, but I don't. But I don't illustrate poster. in Photoshop. Like, I don't have like the okay. uh, pencil or anything like that. that I, I've never been that, able to get used to that. But making that in Photoshop, though, that's going to be a huge image to make it big enough yeah. for a poster device. Yeah, because I do. Well, that's the other thing that Printful that I like, and and I'm probably most print-on-demand places do this. Right. But they specifically had the twelve by sixteen size, which has been for the last. 15 years, the size I made my posters at. Okay. So that was nice that it was a fairly direct size comparison. And then that also can scale up to 18 by 24. Okay. Um, without, so every, without resizing anything. So, mm. so that, so every, so once I went print on demand, every print in my shop that used to be only 12 by 16 is now available in two sizes. 12 by 16 and the 18 by 24. Okay. And I wish, I wish they had the uh, 24 by 32 size. That's the next scale up, but they only, they go, they jump from that to 24 by 36. Right. So. And so you don't have anything to, I mean, so the benefit of having an Etsy page up, that's passive income. You don't have yeah. to really, it's kind of a set and forget kind of yep. situation. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I imagine if any of my customers ever had an issue, it's my responsibility to fix it. 
Right. And so they, they come to me and then I would have to go to Printful and say, hey, this person was unhappy with this print. Please fix it. <laughs> but yeah, it's, and it's, you know, it's not, it's not a huge, I, I, I'll completely honestly, you know, I'll sell one print a week, maybe. Right. You know, it's not yeah. that, that huge of a, a thing, you know, but that's, I don't do any advertising at all. Like I don't have right. any. It's just there. Right. Yeah. It's just a so link on I, my site. I, I want to talk a little bit, of, uh, a bit too, about some of these. So some of the designs you made on your wood cutting are mostly practice or did you have something in mind when you made these, especially looking at these, these little, what are they called? Weebles? I can't remember yeah. what they're called. <laughs> the meeples? Yeah. Meeples. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, almost all of that stuff was just me figuring out what the print, what the laser cutter can do. Oh, cool. And I, I, Glowforge, Glowforge calls their print, their laser cutter, a laser printer. And it just boggles my mind that that's how they, what they call it. <laughs> <laughs> like it's not a laser printer. No, there's nothing printing about it at all. <laughs> so, but yeah, some of those were like, you know, pre pandemic, I did, uh, I did do some craft shows just to kind of see what people might be interested in and get the games out there a little bit. And, right. Um, I like the little dice jails right there. That's the I'm pointing to them. Like you can see what I'm pointing to. Right. You have the dice jails yeah. Yeah. that you made. Well, explain to us the, we're looking at for the audio, audio listeners, something called scrapped. What is this game? Yes. These eggs. Is that a game uh, you invented as well? No, no, that is my version. There's a there's an old bar game uh, that's horse racing. So it's you have twelve in the in in the bar game. You have twelve horses. You have to scratch four of the horses, and then you're rolling dice on the remaining twelve to advance them so many spaces. Oh, Every okay. time you roll that horse's number, or in this case, a spaceship's number that ship advances one space if okay. you roll one of the scrapped or scratched horse or ship you have to pay the amount of that shift and those values vary from 5 10 15 or 20. so hmm. it's it's kind of a, it's it's a wagering kind of a game uh and what my friends and i played it one night and there were eight of us playing and it was hysterical because there's no <laughs> skill to it whatsoever. It's just straight up rolling the dice and then like either having to pay or moving a piece. <laughs> and it was so much fun. You have, you mentioned earlier too, you had like your, your you've been working on your bucket list. A lot. What are yeah. some of the other creative things you have on your bucket list that you're hoping to accomplish? Number yeah. one Number one is a theatrical release movie poster. Oh, okay. Yeah. And I don't know who to talk to <laughs> to get that done. But uh, I can just see, like, in the same way as the Quick Stops comic cover, imagine, you know, the first five minutes of a movie as the poster. And then right. the ending is, if you'd like to see how it turns out, buy right. a ticket. You know, right. uh, so I'd love to do that. Uh, I'd love to do a stamp. I don't mm. know. I actually 
asks at the post office. It's like, who decides who gets to do stamp art? And it's a whole process. It's like a whole, like, you've got to be known. <laughs> you got, you know, kind of thing. So I don't know if that's ever going to happen, but maybe uh, I would love to do. And that was, that's what these started out as. These were going to be stamps. Oh, cool. Uh, that that just for myself, because they have those places online where you can just drop a photo into an actual barcoded stamp kind of a thing. Right. So it looks like you have a stamp with your artwork on it. <laughs> so listen, what do you have? Because you, you, you were talking about getting a Kickstarter started up pretty soon. We'll get you back on. We can talk about your Kickstarter All right. as well. All right. Yeah. yeah, I'm hoping I have samples ordered now. Cool. Excellent. Yeah. Well, thanks a lot, Mark. It was nice talking to you. Thanks. Again. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Always happy to, always happy to chat.